0: Get around Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, cutting the sacred cow episode. I don't know, but guess what, folks? You're going to get a bonus episode because it's that time of year where every shitty podcast and show does a recap show. But here's the difference between us and them. We're still going to give you a movie episode at the end of the week. Don't worry. We're not going to jip you out of anything. In fact, I think we're going to do – let's do Ralph Sutton next week, taking down Avengers Endgame. No, here you
1: go. That's a good one. Right? Kevin, how are you, pal? What's new with you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? Happy happy N.Y.E. This is it. Isn't it, though? Right? Here we, I mean, listen, we had
0: a we had a, hell of a year. I dare say our highlights are the live show that hopefully happens next month. If you haven't got your tickets, go, get, to, go to guttingthesacredcow.com and get them. and come see me, Kevin, Joanne, and Bill. And you can maybe meet Donna and Greg, my parents. And then we also Woo. have, <laughs> and then we have, of course, we hit top 15 on iTunes. Thumb reviews. Thank you all to have done it. If you have not yet done so, please. I know it sounds trite. I know I'm beating you to a death with this, but God damn it, it's worked. Five-star rating, three-sentence review. It truly helps us. And, of course, if you want to advertise with us, the sacred cow at gmail.com. What we're going to do today is quite simple. Kevin and I have a bunch of different categories, and we're going to kind of quickly sort of go over each of them in a nutshell. The first uh, category we're going to do, and I will just, we'll just get into it. Five guests of 2020 that convinced me somewhat <laughs> to see their points and maybe have knocked a point off their score. In no particular order, I have mine here. I'm going to go one, you go one, we'll go back and forth. My first choice, like but it. again, not overall, Gino Bisconti uncut gems. Why? Because he woke the gambling dragon in me by reminding me that a six-way parlay, that doesn't happen. And not only Sandler did that; had the balls to do that once in this film, he fucking did it twice. Twice he did that film. I still like the film. I get the knocks against it. And I dare say... That film, that episode elicited the best belly laugh out of you and our guest when I pulled out the You'd Be Dead If It Wasn't For My Son David reference.
1: <laughs> both, always get me. I got, you both, me. The, got you both to go and that And that episode was brought to us by 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Kevin, what was one of your uh, guests that convinced you that the film they chose stinks? Also, in no particular order, uh, Mark Riccadonna with The Hangover. Oh! You know, I... I I went into that episode. I loved the hangover. And after rewatch, now I want to, I will include a caveat to this. Sure. A lot of this kind of gutted itself. Because on rewatch, we're watching these movies, unfortunately, with a different eye than you do when you just watch it for enjoyment. Right. We're, we're being a little more analytical. So watching this, I definitely started to see some of the flaws in it. And then Mark just, and Mark was so bitter about it. He was so angry about. Did he read? Did he read for the role of Galphannacus and not? Yeah, I, I feel like he <laughs> he had some personal stake in that movie, and uh, he he just he really he really did a job on it. And at the, by the end of that episode, I was like, shit. This movie isn't what I remember it to be. See, I agree with him from
0: Jump Street that that film is one of the most overrated of all time. And in fact, I will be fair, I do save some of the films that kind of gutted themselves for other categories we have on. The five and five we have, I made sure I chose films that didn't gut themselves, that the guests had to earn me knocking a point off. With that said, I'll go to my number two. And that is no surprise, and I'm sure no surprise to you, and you probably have in your list, and that's Dave Landau doing Goodwill hunting. I still like the film. I do. I had to drop it half a point of my score, as you've heard, because Dave, Dave is a master fucking gutter. He's on our Mount Rushmore with ease and one of our funniest guests. I love what he called out the, the, the fight between Damon's crew, asking when, his dad, uh, when the dad says, you know, give me the wrench, you know, because fuck him. And the unlikelihood of that piece of shit car making it cross country. Landau, is, is, you've seen us on Twitter. I've over him. He's so fucking funny in this, in, in, on our show. And I love him. And he was great in Goodwill Hunting
1: uh my next my next episode is david the producer with the goonies yes this was another one i went into remembering fondly and the movie did gut itself some but then david brought just the noise to this movie he created a sensation amongst our fans and and some of my friends i got angry text messages about the goonies <laughs> and a lot of it was I from do- people who who didn't yeah it, i mean this movie really struck a chord with people of a, of of a certain age and he he just trashed that movie and he made so many great points about how the movie just had no point to it and it was the whole – he did – I mean, it was masterful. That's all I can say. I have, a point a about, yeah, I have a point about him later on in one of our other categories. But I
0: agree. The next one's going to be surprised surprise to you, I think, and that's English James doing The Dark Knight Rises because he pulled out two monster points. He made a, the, the best one. He's saying the world's greatest detective can't figure out that Talia al Ghoul is not who she says she is. And he another, another myriad of problems he pointed out that I, that I, I completely missed a couple on. I liked the Dark Knight Rises when I saw it, but this is another film that started to hang itself after multiple rewatches, but James had a lot of great points about the Dark Knight Rises, and I, and I did drop it down, a, I think, a half a
1: point as well. That was a movie that I regretted disliking as much as I, as I ended up disliking it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it hurts, because I love the Nolan trilogy, but not to go, ugh,
1: <laughs> the first two are, yeah, it's like Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, and then the third one, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Sticking with the Batman theme, next up is Mike Price. Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. He he destroyed that movie, and that was another movie I went into really with high hopes. I was looking forward to rewatching it, and Mike Price just shit all over the Bat, the Cat, and the Penguin. I, mean, <laughs> the <tag it> was... <laughs> <laughs> I remember that too. It was on the poster. Yep, yep, and it was just. It was it, he brutalized it and he made so many great points about how just ridiculous and how it didn't really compare. So many people think that it was as good as the first Batman. The first, oh, God. And it just it really, really wasn't. And it, it showed in his gutting. And it, I mean, it, it definitely brought a tear to my eye how much I ended up not liking that movie. I'm very surprised because recently over Twitter, people were talking about, hey, hey, Batman
0: Returns is a Christmas film. And some asshole goes out and says it's the best Batman film bar none. I go, stop. Fucking stop. Don't even, It's better than, obviously, Batman v. Superman. It's better than the, the two Schumacher ones. But don't, don't give me that bullshit. It's not better than The Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Not even, of course, the original, the first Batman. Or not even no. better than the 1966 TV film. No, I'm not buying that. <laughs>
1: That's laughable. All you needed to see is the son doing the terrible walking impression. <laughs> I know. Dad, I'm trying to...
0: Go out to the masses. <laughs> and that's me doing my shitty walk yet again. <laughs> Number Everybody's four. One. I know, right? Number four, I'm cheating a little bit because this episode has not come out yet, but Ralph Sutton doing Avengers Endgame will be a great tease. He yanked the shorts down on the time travel that takes place in this film. This film, Kevin, and I love this film. Sorry, we will spoil spoiled for you. It's hard. I thought it would be impossible to knock my score down at any point because I love this. This is one of the best comic book films ever ever it's 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 got to be dark night for me one and this is maybe even two or even one b in my book i gotta go i gotta revisit but he made me knock my score down half a point because of his argument and again this film is damn near flawless i thought but ralph went in there and 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 with surgical precision pointed out a few of the ah uh, 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 the the uh wayne knight jurassic park uh, 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 moments <laughs>
1: He did. He did a. He did a very good job uh, finding the weakness in a movie that was otherwise perfect. Sure. For me, the next one. So this is a movie that did gut itself, but the guest did. I. I. I mean, the movie was dead, and then the guest came in and just cut it open and shit in it. Uh, <laughs> Zach and yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Right. That movie I hated, and then listening to him just tear it apart made me hate it that much more. Oh yeah. And he made some. He made some points that I didn't think of just to just to despise it like like part of me still felt like i maybe i was the dumb one cuz i didn't get it when people said that they thought it was the funniest movie and they love it and then after listening to him i was like no you know what they're the dumb people
0: I'm smart. Shame on you for kowtowing to their (laughs) fucking peer pressure. I know I'm smart. I know this film is retarded. And guess what? I just wanted somebody else to come and reaffirm what we've said. Because believe it or not, when we posted this episode, some people took umbrage with that. And now I know to never invite them to my house for any kind of serious discussion, except maybe when watching football. Well, that's it. My last one in this category, maybe a surprise to you. Seth Everett doing Joker. Wow. Put a lot of points out on this film. Still liked it, but he made a lot of good points about Joker, like especially, God damn it, how many times we have to see the origin story with Batman again with the parents getting killed. I go, you know what? True. Fair. I thought that was
1: a good uh, – he did a that good was. job. That was. The, uh, the last one I'm going to do, and uh, purely because I couldn't really find another place to fit it in, and again, this was a movie that I started off not liking and then the guests just made me feel completely vindicated – J.L. Covan and 2001. I came into that movie again just thinking, again, that I was the, I was the wrong one. Right. So many people laud this movie. And you hear it's, it's studied in classes, and it's just a, it's talked about just as a classic science fiction piece. And it was so bad. And I, I, it, it ended, and I thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> that I just missed something. Like maybe, maybe there was a scene I missed or something. And when JL Covan K- K- came on and just tore it apart, I felt it felt like when you have to take a shit all day and you finally sit down at the end of the day and take it and it's so good. That's how I, f- I felt relieved. Yeah, and it lingers for like 15 minutes after you're finished done wiping and
0: all that. That kind of good shit. Oh, I love those. It's my favorite. In fact, I think you I have to, one,
1: Even I when, when you're, you're done and reset. you stand up, you have to stand there for a minute just to let your body reset. It's like blowing a great load. You're like, yeah. <laughs> give it the nod. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, don't ruin it. Uh, uh,
0: so very true. It also showed me... that this pot. Not that we didn't notice it before... And especially on Twitter, our, our, one of our super fans, Bango, I'll shout him out, Bango2331, who does the recaps for a lot of our episodes. He loves when we tear apart the goddamn shitty film critics who, won it, who are so, they bloviate and try and seem so much smarter by using your favorite word, zeitgeist. Ugh. And he mean. loves that. And then that film is the epitome of people who want to seem smarter than they are, and yeah. JL is a snob like we are. I hated it when I saw it twenty years ago in college for the first time, and I sure as fuck hated it as just as much. As you actually, you hated it more than I did. I think you oh. it a hero. It was terrible. Next category: five guests who did not stand a fucking chance in the world with their selections. This one, I'm going to give you. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I'll give this to you in order. Number one, my very good friend and producer of my show, Comics Watching Comics, Lynette Palladino doing Pulp Fiction. (laughs) My second favorite film of all time. She showed up with a knife. I brought an armada and a nuke. No chance she stood trying to beat me on that one.
1: No chance. And I don't think she even hated it enough. No. to, 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 To bring the proper weapons to bear. For that one, yeah,
0: yeah, I came out of that one with so much disdain and fervor for her argument. It was like I bottled up all that and brought it back out for when I did a Christmas story.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Thank you. You speaking of a Christmas story? Oh. She was the bully, and you were Ralphie, just punching and punching. It was like, all right, dude, it's enough. I know Get that's down. a. I know that's a compliment.
0: Don't ever associate me with a Christmas story ever <laughs> again, unless you're speaking about me shitting on this
1: overrated turd. Thank you. For the record, in this category, I was going to say Pulp Fiction, but I knew you would say it, so I left it. <laughs> Fair. I, I, first I, think I, I think I know what your first, your first one's going
0: to be. I'm going to take a very, I think it's an easy one for me to guess. And that's going to be my number two, but I'm sure it's your number one. So if so, I'm wrong. That's fine. The STST gang doing Point Break. <laughs> Boom!
1: <laughs> yes. That, listen, I love those guys. Sure do. Those guys help us out. They're super supporters. They're really great guys. They have a fun podcast, but the truth is they picked a movie that as a guy from the 80s, you can't hate this movie. Is it, is, is, are there problems with it? 100%. And Plenty. those problems make it all the much better. Yeah. Everything about that movie is fantastic. It's incredibly rewatchable. I don't think there's a scene in that movie that I wouldn't stop to watch.
0: Oh, no, no, because not just the other day, I walked in and my wife was flipping around and put it on and it was the scene where he's chasing Swayze down and fires his gun in the
1: air. No! I'm like, well, sit right down. Here we go again. That's the, this, that beach football scene is what Top Gun was trying to do with the volleyball scene, but it just ended up being oddly homoerotic. <laughs> right,
0: yeah. And and, and how are you going to besmirch the film that quoting meatball subs made a thing? (laughs) No chance. chance. (laughs) Number three for me. I know you hate this, but I don't care. Kent Garrison doing Ace Ventura. Kent said he liked it as a youth. Well, Kent still has no idea. That film is still a fucking riot and needs to realize that early Jim Carrey is the gold standard for comedic actors. Early Jim Carrey. Gold standard. After me, myself, and Irene, goodbye, Jim. But before that, nothing but platinum, baby. But he he, he ran into a buzzsaw on that one with me.
1: Well, I will, I will see yours, and I will raise you one that you're going to disagree with me on. Okay. It's our good friend Jeff Paul doing uh, Spaceballs.
0: I want to say I love you. That's disqualified. That was last year, not 2020. Oh, Shit. Nice try. I knew you'd <laughs> play that card. Like, <laughs> shit, that's right. Because there, there are a few people, believe me, there are a few people from 2019 I was going to go, oh, you're dead. You're nah, dead. Shit. You're dead.
1: Believe well, fine, you, but I still want to say, fuck you, Jeff Paul. I'll say, fuck you, Jeff Paul, too. Just, uh... All right, then I'll move on to my next one. I had a, <laughs> sure. I had an extra in this category anyway. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Starship Troopers. With ah, Adam. number five. Uh, Starship Troopers is just a fantastic movie. That exists in the camp that it creates. It's the movie, the movie owns what it is. It ha, there's a message behind it, there's a purpose behind it. There, it's, there's satire. It's everything he argued not that he didn't like about it was everything that makes the movie great. Right. And I, and I, that, and that's also a movie. There's so many great scenes. The battles are great. The, this, Just literally almost every scene in that movie is fantastic. The whole training set, when the guy gets shot accidentally or when he throws the knife through his hand to make the point, there's so many great moments in that movie and so many ridiculous characters. And the characters, by the way, are very one-dimensional, but they're so so one-dimensional and it's on purpose it's just a fantastic movie and he didn't stand a chance in my mind
0: you're not going to topple this fun and booby-filled romp for me especially you're not going to talk about Paul talk shit about Paul Verhoeven unless it's about showgirls then talk away but other than that (laughs) he's a fucking god in my book since he took that one from me, I'm going to go with my fourth one. I don't know about you on this one, but I know I was definitely saying guns out like John Wick. Matt Achey doing the usual suspects. Boy, damn it. I knew it. Matt, Matt thought this film cheats with the reveal. Fine, I'll concede you that. But the other 100 minutes of this film with fantastic characters and multifaceted dimensional characters and memorable dialogue wipe out his main argument by a landslide. I love usual suspects. Yep. He tried, and, he, and listen, Matt, Matt Actually, probably him and McCuddy. Bill McCutty, the two biggest experts in the film industry, we've had on this. Ironically, oh, yeah. they're both good. Oh, very- and
1: this is, and this isn't a criticize of their gutting. No, this is just, both good. This is just that I, you know, that we like these movies so much that it, they were climbing up a huge mountain. the The, the best thing I can say about this movie is that it does everything that. Um, uh, why am I suddenly blanking on the Sixth Sense? Wanted to do sure. Sixth Sense had a twist. that was was fun in the first time and we said it's a one shot pony one trick pony Mm. and uh, Usual Suspects is great on rewatch and it's great to dissect it and see all the little the nuance of it and it holds up after rewatch which Sixth Sense does it and, and Usual Suspects is just a fantastic classic film that is timeless and, and has aged magnificently.
0: P- couldn't agree more. It's in my top ten for a reason. Love it. All right, so let's to the next c- category. The three best guttings, which include the movie can gut itself, because I wanted to separate the two categories. Now, unfortunately, but fortunately, you've done two of my three. I also selected Mark Mercadona doing Hangover. He showed up with three or four pages of notes while in a questionable state, yet still masterfully shit on the uh, the Vegas quadruple bachelor party, which one of the most overrated films of all time in my book. I completely agree. The other one you mentioned, the aforementioned David, the producer, doing the Goonies. This decimated everyone, every kid of the 80s, like you had just said. And I say, and you kind of mentioned this as well, this opened the door to the masses for our podcast for people. Like, wait, what? What are these guys doing? What the fuck is this about them shitting on the Goonies? This is the... This is the catalyst for our podcast, I say, is a David for the Brewster episode. And number three, Joanne Nosashinsky doing Grease. You mean a musical theater nerd hates the Bible of musicals? Oh, sign me up, you beautiful brunette, you. Oh, she was lovely and she did a masterful job in that episode, as well as Silver Lights Playbook. But I loved her taking on Grease with such disdain and, and
1: just. It was beautiful. Angst and hatred. I was like, yes. It was like, it was like a fine wine of hatred because she, she has lived that life. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, you would, you would almost think we'd do this podcast together because I think our lists are going to be very reflective of one another. I'm, I'm sure. My first was David, the producer with the Goonies. Everything we've already said and more. David uh-huh. is a, a scholar, a gentleman, and a brilliant guest. Number 2 was Dave Landau in Philadelphia. Right on. Holy shit. I did not know. I didn't know Dave as well as you did when the uh, when we went and entered that show. He first of all, the gutting was just expert. But he was hysterical. That was definitely one of our funniest episodes. Easily. And and he picked such a delicate, sensitive, passionate movie mm-hmm. that people and I'd never seen. that was one of the movies that I'd never seen until we had to watch it for this. And he just he ripped it apart. And it was it was just it was beautiful, awe inspiring to watch. Of course. And also I had Joanne with Grease getting to see somebody who's who's been in that life life and audition for musicals and been in musicals just tear apart the, the, the Mount Rushmore of musicals was was amazing. And I have, a, uh, I have an honorable mention, if you'll allow me. I'll allow it, sustained. Our own Kevin Goatee, <laughs> The Christmas Story. <laughs> Thank you. We, I, entered that, I entered that episode, our last episode, which uh, or two episodes ago, actually, which, uh, which is doing very well, especially seeing it's the Christmas season. So kudos to you, Kevin. Thank but you. But I, I, I entered this very ambivalent about the movie, but the, the just the pure rage and fury was it was like watching the Hulk it was like watching Banner turn into the Hulk it was amazing like you you I always would, I always wondered when I'd watch the cartoons or the TV show like why do people sit there while he's turning in run yeah. like the minute you see his 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 clothing ripping open you got to think something bad's gonna happen and you right. know what something bad happened that episode and it was awesome to watch. You know, thank you for the compliment. And I completely agree with that statement. I'm,
0: you know how I'll pat myself on the back yet again. You know how I did a good job because I didn't get, and you see the comments too. You're in all the Twitter and all the accounts. No one, no
1: one wrote on there, fuck you, you're wrong. Yeah. No one. Which, you know what? And I'll give you credit for that. But I also think it uncovered a, a, a secret little sentiment among the populace that people actually don't like that movie. Or I made enough good points to go, mm, God, he's right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Listen, you can
0: still like it. I think you're dumb, but you can still like it. <laughs> That's fine. You're prerogative. But at least I made enough points for you to go, there's there, there's a lot of kryptonite here. Thank you. Yep. I, I'll take that. Okay, those are the three. The three films we had to the highest hopes for but were ruined with rewatches. You already got one of them. And that, of course... The easiest one, Batman Returns with Mike Price, who, again, masterful, artful, you know, surgeon-like precision job he did. I loved as a teenager. I know you did, too. I was very shocked, very shocked it did not hold up. The next one, Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Bill McCutney. I remember. Thank you. I love – the first half is gold, still is gold, but I did not know. I don't remember – how it did such an about face for that second half? That second half was pure. That was like running with fucking boots filled with mud and quicksand. That second, and it's an only an hour and a half film, but it, it just drags.
1: Yeah. Well, once it gets into the moral. Yeah. Once it gets into the, the, you know, the 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 idea of friendship and people morality. The, yeah. The whole sentiment. It was fun when it was just a fun high school romp with boobs. That was fun, and then the Again, movie just suddenly becomes an after-school special, and you're like, "What the? This is the one I wanted to watch." Yeah, I don't want to see Mister the, the the bike owner trying to molest Willis and
0: Arnold in that fucking bike shop. I don't want to see them at the abortion clinic. I don't want to see them on a goddamn field trip to the hospital morgue or whatever it was. I, the Even when had that moment with the
1: with the teacher.
0: Yeah. What is this? Mr. Hand? Yeah. I didn't mind that. No, I didn't mind that ending. It's kind of like, okay, full circle. I like that part. But yeah, the 45 minutes, you can't – we have talked about it before, and that's why we should on some of these guest point. You can't go from one like either you're in camp believable, like yeah. Pineapple Express we just did with, with uh, oh Sarah J., you can't go from this is a, re- a believable concept to go into pure batshit crazy off-the-wall nonsense. Like Avengers, you check those fucking right. – everything at the standards, at the standards. You check your beliefs at the door, and you go in, and three hours later, you're like, yep, shit blew up, and it was great. <laughs> oh, but that film, perfect example. Like, wait, what is this? Is this a comedy? Am I getting lectured? Am I supposed to feel it? But fuck that. The third one. Last but not least, and I'd be goddamned if I couldn't get this. I had to get him in this episode. Anthony Cumia doing face-off. This film drags. It's an inaction film. This is right up our alley, for Christ's sakes. And it's full of holes. I think the favorite line Anthony gave was like, wait a minute. You mean that the minute that Joan Allen sees uh, John Travolta naked and sees another dick that she's not used to, doesn't throw a fucking, you know, doesn't throw her for a loop? That's not going to send off for alarm Bell? Kumi was so great in that episode, and he will be back in January. We think January. We're working on it right now, believe me. But
1: Anthony Kumi, the last one for face-off. Again, (laughs) I I guess we do this podcast together. Right. My number one was Batman Returns. Everything you said, James was masterful with it. Mike Price. Uh, number two was my was Face Off with Anthony. I, I was excited to rewatch that movie. I was looking forward to it. Some of these movies we do, I'm just it's like a slog, like, ugh, I gotta watch this. And I I, I just procrastinate and procrastinate until I finally watch it. Right. And I, I went into that. I made my wife watch it with me. I was like, this is gonna be great. She's like, This is a terrible movie. I was like, You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and then by the end of that movie, I was like, Oh my god. Oh. And then Anthony just Relentlessly tore it apart because it is so bad, and Nick Cage and John Travolta are just so ridiculous in it.
0: I'm hoping and then my
1: third one that I was. I was, saying, I was I
0: hope, just. I, I, was saying, I hope. I hope Anthony, when he comes back, picks another John Travolta film so he can have his impression yet
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> he can, luckily he does a lot of impressions. Yes, he does, he does. Or dice. I hope he does Ford Fairlane, which would not qualify, but no. But if he wants to do it, we'll let him. Yeah. <laughs> And then our is- last, uh, my last pick was X Men with Task. Yeah, uh, I, I debated about that. that we, we've said it before. I, that was kind of the more modern movie that set off the whole superhero craze, besides Blade. That I remember loving that movie. I loved it. I had goosebumps watching that entire movie. And on rewatch, holy shit, did that not hold up? No. Not only does it not hold up, it's bad. Very. It's, just, it's bad. The mo- The plot is ridiculous. It's nonsensical, especially with as much story as they had to work with from the comic books. There were so many options. They put together this ridiculous story. The, the, the characters were all just kind of characters of the actual comic book characters, which they already had great characters to work with. Other than mm-hmm. Professor X. Professor Patrick Stewart did a flawless job as Professor X every time. Right. But everything that was working around him was just batshit crazy. And I'll forgive a little of it just because it was one of the first shots at a big-budget superhero movie that they're really trying to take the whole movie mainstream, the whole movement mainstream. But fuck, that movie doesn't hold up, and it's no. so sad because I love the X-Men.
0: It's so funny, you hit one of the points, is that the actors selected some were like grand slams. Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, and Jackman were just grand slams. But everyone else... Was just an absolute swinging the you know swinging like Bugs Bunny did. He screwed himself to the ground swinging at strike three yep. where, when he played. Against and you know the they got Oscars. Halle
1: because Halle Berry was hot at that time. She still Halle, is hot. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Not just not just in pictures. She yeah. was I mean she was a name at that time. She was doing a lot of big movies. So they definitely were excited to have her tied to it, and they gave her a terrible character to work with. And not the storm is a bad character, but the character they wrote for her was terrible. The worst. She had the worst piece of dialogue with what happens when a toad gets hit by yeah. electricity. Yeah. Just it was just it was just bad, it, and it hurt to watch.
0: I'll let you go first. What was the one film that was gutted, but we will never stop loving?
1: Independence Day. See, I think that film sucks, but I, I okay, all right. I love Independence. I know you do, and I know, and I know you don't. But Jesus Christ, I love that movie. I could almost quote the entire movie. And I, and I, I, agreed, I agreed with a lot of what Bill said. And it is, it is just a, an over-the-top schlocky movie. It's ridiculous with tons of stereotypes. And it was just fancy. I feel like it embodies that early 2000s so perfectly. Like we were still kind of in the unwoke moment of the 90s. Ah, pure bliss. Yeah. <laughs> it was 97, if I recall, right? Say whatever you want. And then, but we were slowly moving into the modern era of big, huge blockbuster movies. Ah, I, I like, no, nobody can do wrong to that movie for me. Here's one that may surprise you I love when Race to did Transformers.
0: He made a shitload of good points and stood proudly atop that hill, but then was blown off by Optimus Prime's rifle by us. <laughs> No one's going to shit on my leader. Autobots transform and roll out all over his fucking corpse.
1: (laughs) Optimus Prime's rifle, by the way, one of the coolest sounding weapons in cartoon history. Uh, You know what? I'll take Megatron's blast gun over there. Uh, Really? I will. It's more memorable, I think. Really? It's great. Sound effects, guys, so they can put in sound effects to all of this. Yeah. Wait. Hey, guys, we need a budget for this great podcast. (laughs) We have a lot of cool stuff we want to do for you. Yeah.
0: Funniest guests. I'm going to cop out and be a pussy. I have a tie. Surprise. Dave Landau, no surprise. Maybe surprise for this one listening. Bill Schultz, love that scamp, as he loves to call everybody. You flip a coin, I can't decide. Bill's been on three times. Uh, Dave's been on twice. I, they're both insanely funny. The, the crowd loves them, and it's just and never miss for those two guys. It's always a, the, my wife goes, "Oh, who's on the podcast tonight?" I was telling her, she's like, "Oh, how do you feel?" I go, "I'm not excited." Like I was like, "Oh, well, we got Landell or Oh Bill's on or Oh Joanne's on." Like I didn't have that moment, but that's when you know you got a special guest is when one of those those characters are on. That's the, but the, a
1: solid pick, and yeah. I am going to puss out too because I also had a tie. <laughs> Who'd you have? Dave Landau and Gino Bisconti. Yeah. Okay. Gino had I me pissing. Yeah. And mostly because he's, he's, he has, I think, just the entire country of Bolivia and cocaine running through him. And he just didn't stop. He talked over us, through us, around us, and he just kept going until we finally said, we're done now.
0: <laughs> we were all we were all camera for a good half hour forty-five. But like, thank God and that's why I made him the last guest, because I knew that would happen.
1: <laughs> and I know that and, and you know what? Unfortunately, fine listener, dedicated, loyal listener. Kevin Gautie had to edit so much of yeah. m- just mastery out. And hopefully someday when we don't have to worry about other lives. We can play that whole episode unedited. Guess what? It's gone.
0: (laughs) Because we're not big enough to to get YouTube banned yet. I have... Okay, next one. And the last of the categories. Most profound gutting. I'm going to throw you a curveball. You ready? Mm -hmm. Jim Mendrinos doing Inception. Wow. How profound... I love how he made two monster points that just stuck with me. He says... This film, he goes, how'd this film start out? And I go, "Uh," he goes, exactly. You know how it started out? As a bank heist. Then what happens? Everything else but a bank heist. And he goes, I can also explain to you how time travel works in Back to the Future. I can explain how the Matrix works, but I cannot explain to you Inception, but after two and a half hours, I should be able to, shouldn't I? And I said, bingo. And that was another, I think that was the first film that for me where I was texting you, I go, it's going to be Inception. I'm like, fuck him, this film's great. <laughs> yep. And then after
1: rewatching, I go, oh boy, it ain't. Yeah, yeah. Wait. So you know what? I think, and again, it's kind of the curse of this podcast. When you have to watch a movie with a bit of a more critical eye, when you're being a little more analytical about a movie, you you suddenly can't forgive a lot of its imperfections. Right. When there's a movie like that that has so many... Or at least one that just keeps happening over and over again, it really, really magnifies its impact on you. And sure. that movie was that they set up this whole premise, and then, like Jim said, they never even tried to explain what was happening or why this existed.
0: It's like when someone says, Pull my finger, and instead of hearing, you hear a. <laughs> I want to fart. I don't want to queef. Well, it depends who it's coming
1: from. I know what you've been up to. (laughs) How about you? What was your most profound gutter on the show? I I had to go with the easy, obvious one. John fuel saying gone with the wind. I knew I was, I knew I knew uh, he, and John's a comedian. He did not bring a lot of comedy. This episode, he brought, he brought a very thought out, intelligent, historic perspective on this classic movie that is a horribly racist. And even even taking us taking a us taking apart the fact that it's a historical piece and that racism existed then. So if you were going to make a movie about that time, you just can't ignore the fact it still came across ridiculously racist, ridiculously over the top. It was so it had an intermission. He and he brought just so many levels of intelligence and thoughtfulness to that gutting that, uh, yeah, it, it, it really blew me away. I don't, I don't remember how much I said, but I definitely didn't say a lot during that episode because he came loaded for bear. I see. I can,
0: I, I'm saying I was watching it. I go, I, listen, I'll separate myself from the time with the racism. Yeah. Forget all that. Forget all that. It's a fucking boring film. Beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. Especially for 1939. But fucking boring as all hell didn't care about the characters go back and listen to that episode that's a great one thoughts for the future well here are my thoughts look we're expanding our we're expanding our horizons we've had porn stars on podcasters comics film critics comic book writers you name it uh twitter influencers we are looking to building a this is what we're looking for this is these are our goals definitely looking forward to building building up our audience even more which we're going to Pretty good job for a year and change out of the gate to a big enough audience so Kevin and I can come on the road and do the live show all over the country. That's right. We want to come to your city, watch a film with you, and do an episode right then and there on the spot. So that way, we can quit corporate America. How about that? What else do I want? Here are some of the films I want to see people have the balls to try and take on because people always ask you, why don't you do this? We don't pick the fucking films. We've said this ad nauseum. The guests pick the films. If any of you pussies have the balls to try and do Caddyshack, Goodfellas, L.A. Confidential, Naked Gun, Dark Knight, Casino, Godfather 1, Die Hard, E.T., Jaws, Alien, Aliens, Matrix, Untouchables, Back to the Future, or Toy Story 1 through 3, we fucking dare you. But don't be some random slapdick on the internet. No, we're not going to have you. We need, a, we need people who are funny, goddammit, and have, <laughs> have personalities. We love that's all your scale. fans. Yeah. yeah, we need a little skill. That's our, that's what, those are our goals. Like, that's what we're just trying to do is keep having you do like – having you, the fans, do our dirty work for us, and that's spreading the word. gospel which you're done a lot of you've done a great job with but just finding more of you who are you know huge fans of the show like the bangos of the world who does the recaps and the and the becky happy go becky on twitter who just retweet us and ask movie questions on other people's threads like stuff like that that's what helps get the word out and if you know people who want to be guests on the show hell you know if you have any uh, comics that you really love or podcasters or people you follow on Twitter or Instagram that are huge that you think would be great in the show, fucking reach out to us. We've got Mo Mandel coming out in two weeks doing Under Siege. Fan suggested, we hit him up, boom, here he is. So that's, that's how these episode. things happen. And it's great. It'll be out in two, in two weeks, like I said, two or three weeks. We have that one, we have Avengers, and we have, damn it, I'm missing the other one we've done. Anchorman. Anchorman's in the wings too. So, Kevin, what about you? What goals or what what, what, uh, what thoughts for the future do you have? You know, this, this
1: podcast, and I, I give KG a lot of credit. It was a, it's a fantastic idea that caught on. To quote a movie, which I think is appropriate for this podcast, if you build it, they will come. And they are coming. They are, they are coming. It, it took a little while. It took us to get up, get up speed, get to figure ourselves out, to get our bearings. But we've got a – it's a solid product. It's people like it. Every guest we've had on – from the biggest to the smallest say that it's, this is a great idea. This is different. It's unique. It's, it's, it's well thought out and it's, it's, it's proportioned. Well, we, 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 I'm so proud of what we do and I'm, I appreciate Kevin reaching out to me or actually I reached out to him and, and, you know, putting this all together cause it's, it's, it's awesome and it's a blast to do. Uh, and, you know, I, I think we're just going to keep growing. My, our thoughts for the future, my thoughts for the future or exactly what you said, increase our fan base. I love seeing when fans tweeted us about specific things from the podcast, and the loyal, just the loyal love of, of getting what we're doing. And it's not necessarily about us. It's not about what Kev does or what I do. It's about the guests that come on, the movies, and just the the whole culture that we've created. And I think I think the sky's the limit. We're just going to keep doing it. And if you guys like it, if you guys are enjoying it, like uh, like KG said, spread the word for us. Help us out. Get people to write reviews and you know what? We'll be, we'll be in your backyard sometime and you'll be able to come see us and be part of the fun and hilarity. Ain't that the goddamn truth.
0: Make sure you go and gutting the sacred every day for articles and such. Oh, we forgot one thing. We also want to thank all the dumb dildos who are on Amazon and write those one star reviews <laughs> by far. What are the most favorite segment we do Katie Cohen says that'll be our legacy are the Amazon one-star reviews. Thank you. very. You're right, Katie. It will be. Thank you for all the dumb people who think your opinions are, 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 are well thought out and quasi intelligible. They're not, but man, they make great fodder for this podcast and shit. We can't thank you enough for being so dopey.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody don't ever think you shouldn't write something on the internet because yeah. there's someone out there who wants to make fun of you. It's us.
0: Ha <laughs> I can't sound more condescending but man some of you people don't just stay away from you. pretend you're
1: Amish okay that's 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 No goal. don't listen to him keep <laughs> writing your fucking craziness keep being offended by the 299 charges on Amazon yeah, yeah. and by somebody saying shit once at the end of a movie and being horrified it's fantastic we love seeing how dopey the population is and and spreading the word to the rest of our audience do us a favor when you're in your daily routine of your lives try and shoehorn the word Zeitgeist in a conversation uh and see where that gets you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kick down door, your door and spit in your face.
0: <laughs> Hopefully when you have COVID. This, is, <laughs> this has been a riot. It's a nice little one-on-one. We haven't done like a one-on-one since no, John, John, John Guild yeah, said in the, the one conversation with John from the, from the studio. We haven't done a one-on-one in a while. This is fun. Maybe yes. we'll do one during the year that's not a year end count. That, but We're going to do something for you guys, like a, a what-the-fuck kind of uh, bonus show. We thought this was going to go, you know, half an hour. It's now gone damn near an hour, so you're welcome. Cuttingthesacredcow.com. Get yourself tickets for the live show, for Christ's sakes. Come see Bill. Ooh. Come see Joanne. Come see us. Grab a shirt. Grab a bag. Grab a mug. All on the website. Cuttingthesacredcow.com. KevinGotee.com, at KevinGotee, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Kevin Israel, the world can find you at...
1: Evanisrael.com comedy was coming back. Now it's not. Maybe it will again. Who knows? Uh, My album, The Struggle is Real, is available everywhere. And guys, listen, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for helping us spread the word. Keep doing it. And I I can promise you one thing. 2021 can't possibly be worse. (laughs) Maybe
0: we'll get to see a new film in the theater. Ooh, that'd be exciting. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, we love you guys. Get ready for this week's episode coming out very soon, which will be Ralph Sutton trying to take on Avengers Endgame. We love you all. Thank you so much. Happy 2020.